welcome to Those Art Teachers, a new podcast on all things art education. I'm your host, Caitlin, and I'm here with my co-host, Corby. Hello. And today we are discussing teacher summers. So here we go. Well, let's start with, I have a question for you, Caitlin. Okay. Do you think that every summer that you've been a teacher has been the same when it comes to school stuff? school stuff what do you mean by that do you think you spend the same amount of work thinking about school or doing things for school each summer i would say no i have had four very different summers over the last few years so because i finally finished my master's degree i this is my first summer where i have not had to take any classes and so i've had more time available in previous summers, I would say I spent quite a bit of time prepping for the next school year, but I was also taking online classes and that was my main project of each of those summers. So I think I spent way more time taking classes than I was working on going back to school, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. And this summer I've been, because I didn't have any online classes to take, I've been trying to just enjoy my free time. I keep finding myself thinking about prepping for back to school and how I'm going to change up my classroom and my curriculum, then trying to stop myself saving time for myself and setting boundaries like, okay, I'm not going to think about that until the week before I go back to school. And then I'm going to really focus on it. That's kind of my plan. I'd be curious to hear from other teachers like a survey or a poll how many teachers actually like put a pause no teaching no thinking about curriculum here like full teacher party mode full teacher relaxation mode because that's not me at all and during the summer I'm like looking around at everything with a teacher lens this would be great for the classroom Ooh, this artist is new this is perfect it's like I can't turn it off I can't just have a quote-unquote normal summer I've never been able to that sounds horrible. <laughs> uh, Caitlin's face is very stressed out right now for those that are listening. I mean, I have to think, like, I have to actively think about, like, okay, I need to do something not school-related. And my summers have also been very different each year. So there's, like, a different goal or a different thing that I'm focusing on, whether it's, like, taking classes for master's or I'm starting a modified tab room or I'm, you know, I moved, I switched age levels, but I still, like, go into a museum. I'm like, oh. That would be really cool for the classroom. We're like, ooh, there's a really good deal on this bin. I'm going to grab it because I'm making a new like station. I'm never not doing stuff. I guess when you say it that way, I guess I'm doing some of that as well. But then I try to stop myself because it, it does just happen where I will see something or read something, especially where I'm thinking, oh, I want to try to implement this new idea that's already happened several times this summer. And I might even get excited about it. But then something in me is also sad because I just want to relax. I'm not being paid for this time. Oh, that's a good point. We wanted to talk about too. Yeah. I mean, that's a misconception that a lot of people have. They think that teachers are paid for their summers off, quote unquote. But technically, we are paid for, I think it is 108, it depends on your district and everything, but I think it's like 180 days or whatever the number is. And that is what you are paid for. Now, the salary 
is spread out, it can be spread out once per month for the entire year so that, you know, you don't go broke over the summer, but some teachers choose, they opt to take a lump sum and they don't get paid in the summer. So, you know, I think that's a misconception that people have about teachers is that we are paid to do nothing like lie around at the pool all summer. Like our salary is really for the time that we've worked during the school year and technically our summers that is our free time but as you can see already like we do spend a lot of it you know thinking about what we're going to do for the next year what we're going to change things like you said it is hard to turn it off and I feel that too but I'm trying so hard to set a boundary there so that I don't get burnt out yeah I think for me because I'm shifting and changing so much during the school year too especially since I'm implementing like more choice for my students and I'm still, I mean, I think it's going to take a long time to fine tune. I think it's always going to be changing, but because that is taking up so much of decision-making and like that responsive teaching, I try to halt that more during the school year. So I'm not like burnt out during the week. So I've been working, trying to keep school at school almost during the school year And then some days, of course, like, you know, you spend the nights that are later, you know, grading, all those things take up your time. But then in the summer, I guess because it's more open, that's when I feel like, okay, I have a little bit more freedom. I can spend some weeks bulk planning. I can spend some time writing some stuff out, doing kind of like my little mapping, all that kind of stuff. And I, yeah, I don't know why this summer... It just feels like there's more time for me to think about those things. But I know that that's not how it is for everyone and I know that would also be very different if you know we had kids and that would take up a huge time like I know so many teachers that have children or work jobs in the summer I think that would be a very different scenario if we were in those boats because right now we both are in the similar boat of like we we finished our masters we've been going through so many different changes I mean the freaking pandemic all of that there's been just so much summer after summer and now it's like oh okay those are kind of done so like what does this look like what is the norm for teachers how do you spend your summer are you in this constant ball of stress or are you supposed to like kind of enjoy it where is the fine line and I know some teachers that did summer school which is in what at our district is just in June it's like three weeks in June and Mm -hmm. um I at the end of this this last school year I did not think I was even capable to continue teaching for three more weeks I was done So for me, I needed that time to decompress. And I don't know about you, but for me, what that looked like was I felt like a zombie for about two weeks. I was sleeping so much and then I would get up and I didn't have anything I necessarily needed to do except for, you know, normal chores and housekeeping stuff and taking care of our cats. And, you know, simultaneously, I loved it, but I also, I was... I was exhausted from this last school year. And it felt like the first time I had really taken a break in two or three years because I was finally done with taking classes and teaching and I had nowhere to be. And I kind of just went into zombie mode and I decompressed for about two weeks and it was a big haze. So our last school year too was, I mean, it's been very different which I know Caitlin knows, but I'm saying this for for our future listeners, but so much new, 
move, switch schools, new age group. I don't think our listeners understand when you say switch schools. I don't think they know what you mean. Yeah, I probably should clarify that. So we mentioned in the first episode that Caitlin and I used to live in the same state. I moved across the country. So I'm located in Washington state and I moved not only to a new district, but I also switched from elementary art teacher to being a middle school art teacher. So new district, new kids, new community, culture, curriculum, designing all of that, all of the things. So I think for me, this last year was exciting because I finally felt like it got to be like my normal because I moved during the pandemic. I moved while we had to start virtually teaching. So that was super, super chaotic. And this year felt like, oh, this is kind of more of like a back to normal. And then our school year ended even more abnormal for what apparently happens in the past is we did a sixth and seventh grade camp. So at the beginning of my school, it's tradition that sixth graders go to this week-long camp and they incorporate nature, some survival skills, science, art, and different topics to have the kids like get to know each other because it's their first time in middle school and then also just provide a unique learning experience. Well, because of COVID, we couldn't go to that this year. So we ended the school year with that. So this was like two weeks before school ended and sixth and seventh grade got to participate. And it was super fun. And I love camp and I loved all that energy. Was that at your school or was that on a different location? Great question. So this modified camp version was at our school, but the normal situation is supposed to be offsite at a different location. Yeah. So it was like a really, to me, it was like a new fire that was lit. It was like really invigorating. And that was like right before school ended. And so I had to come up with something to tie the themes of camp together. We got out printmaking and it was just, it was just super fun. So it, in a way it felt like, oh, okay, this is like almost like a new start to the year. A new leaf is turned. The kids had like a different energy in them. You know, the school schedule was different. So just like the school felt different. So we were like riding that high at the end of the school year. And then the school year ended. So it was like this weird wave of like, oh, this is sad. It's over. It just felt like we got into this good groove and then it was done. And then I had to watch some of my favorite eighth graders graduate. And that was really sad because they're moving on to high school, which I'm really happy for. But just knowing I'm never going to have some of those same classes. So I do feel like it was a weird high and then a low. And then my body was just so tired that I did kind of just hit like, okay, what do I do? I need to sleep. I need to recharge, but I don't know how to do that. Almost like an extra adrenaline push. And I do get those though, like looking back on the school years, like the end of the year is like really fun and exciting. And there's like field day and there's all the things that you do that are like, woo, summer. And then it is a weird, like, let's ride the roller coaster. And then it's like, whoop, okay, now come down and like, boom, it just hits. And it is a weird feeling. Does that sound similar to like when you describe your zombie mode hit? Yeah, I think there's a lot of adrenaline at the end of the year. And also you're just trying to kind of survive it. I think the camp at the end of the year actually sounds really fun because it's something to look forward to instead of doing more of the same monotonous thing. And then you're just like, oh, we have 10 days left. And everyone just kind of feels like they're in survival mode. They just feel like, oh, we're just trying to get through these last 10 days. Whereas if we had ended it with something different, like a camp, I actually think that I know that's not normal for you because that you said that that's normally at the beginning of the year, but actually having something at the beginning and the end of the year to kind of break it up 
that actually sounds wonderful. I wish it was a norm. Like after that, I'm like, why couldn't we make this a thing? Because it was excellent. And our admin keeps pushing for not just my school, all the schools, our whole district. They were reminding us every single day, we have 10 instructional days left. We have nine instructional days left. Use every minute. Do not just go into summer mode. Do, (gasps) you know, and it was such a push because they felt like they're saying kids are behind because of COVID. And so they are pushing to use every single minute. Okay. All of that to say, you know, you have this adrenaline push to get through the end of the year and then you just come home and there's nothing for me. You know, like you said already, we don't have kids. We don't have, you know, anything else going on this summer necessarily. That's really a responsibility. So all of a sudden it's just this letdown of like, there's nothing. And I felt like I needed that. That's what I was looking forward to for since, you know, January, Then at the same time, it felt very isolating and I was just exhausted and I couldn't tell if that was a good thing for me or not to just have nothing to do. This is the first summer where that happened. So I kind of want to know, would I have felt better if I had signed up for summer school and had a few days off to decompress and then go back into a work mode? Because it, it was a strange feeling this summer to decompress and then just feel kind of blah. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. And I realize as we're talking about this too, we worked so hard to get through all of our schooling masters and that took so much energy through the summers. And I know like during college and this is also one of the first times, like you mentioned, we chose not to sign up for something to do. And also we're really in a privileged position to not have to do a summer school or feel extra pressure to have to do something else to provide for partner, spouse, kids. And I know those are all different situations. I'm just going back to talking about admin. I'll wrap it up hopefully in a bow that makes sense. But going back to your point about admin of the pressure, like, oh, I hate that so much of like, we have 10 days. You know, it's an old timey black and white real. Imagine we have 10 days to do instruction. And then it's like, oh my gosh, then nine, then eight. And it's just like so much pressure. Like that's not helpful at all. And then if you have the other situations where it's like, I need a break, I'm already stressed, I'm in this adrenaline rush, but I also have to do summer school, I think adds to the weird like ebb and flow of the highs and lows we're talking about, which doesn't make it any easier. And so for us, we're looking around like, what should we be doing with our time? Like, we don't know how to be without anything to do almost either. Yeah. So how do you find yourself, your identity outside of school again, once summer hits? Because during the school year, We are doing, and I think this goes along with everything we're saying, but it's like, there's such a high of high pressure, uh, high expectations, our time, our energy. We're performing 100% every day. It is. It's, It's such a high and you get in this mode of, like you said, a roller coaster where it's like you can't get off for 10 months, a quick break in December, which feels like it flies by. And a quick, you know, quick break in March, which those are the months for me in my district. Uh, December is a winter break and then March is spring break. And I know that's different depending on the different districts that people are in. But it's such a high intensity for 10 months and then you're off. And it's like, wait, who was I just the last 10 months? And who am I now? It all of a sudden you start looking at yourself and what you're doing. And I was just literally aimlessly walking around the house, like just picking things up. Like, what's this? What, where did this come from? And 
I, it's like I was just learning my house again, learning myself again. And I got in my car and I didn't know where to drive. I was like, where, where should I? I mean, that's what I talk about when I mean zombie mode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I sound real crazy right now, but I don't know <laughs> if any other teachers can relate to this. But I just felt like I almost didn't have an identity outside of what I was doing for 10 months of the year, which was working. That is it. Well, and taking classes online. So to me, this summer has been kind of an exploration besides when I was feeling blah, what I did to try to get out of that was I could create a summer bucket list of things that I know that I've been looking forward to all year. So I want to prioritize those things to bring some joy back into mm -hmm. my summer so that I make sure to prioritize that and try to find your identity again. Does that make sense? Or is that... No, it makes sense. I think, I don't know if it's just us as like our personalities or artists, because I do some similar things. I think something that works for me and I can't operate without a physical paper planner. Like I need that in my life, but I have a whiteboard that I'm looking at where I wrote down summer goals personal and I underlined that twice. <laughs> and then I wrote school and then I put that in a box and I try to do that every summer where I'm, and they kind of weave together where I'm picking out things that I want to do for me as a person or an artist. And then I've always got a really long list of school, especially with the new age group that I'm teaching and redesigning a curriculum. And as I've been figuring that out, but I feel like that list never shrinks, but I always try to make sure I'm doing something art-wise for me as well. And I've seen that a lot on Facebook. I was going to ask you about that too. Like the summer, I feel like that's a battle too that I face. And I know we've kind of talked about it outside of this now podcast, but the battle of us as artists and teachers and the expectation that we should be creating or feeling that pressure. And during the school year, I'm mostly producing examples or things for the projects or resources for students, et cetera. And then in the summer, I feel like it's this daunting pressure of like, oh my gosh, I finally have some, some time for myself and I can take this weaving class that I want to, or I should take this colored pencil workshop so I can get better at that for my kids. And it's like, great, there's a goal. But then I'm like almost crushed because there's so much to do and so little of this open amount of time where it is this weird battle. And I think it feels more intense because of not being in school, not having to work multiple jobs. We finally like cut some of those things off. And now it's like, what is it called? Decision fatigue, maybe? Yeah. And and to your point earlier, when you said, you know, you're recognizing your privilege and the fact that we aren't having to work a second job or, you know, we don't have kids right now. And so we don't have the certain responsibilities. I totally recognize that too. And so I know that maybe what we're talking about isn't as relatable to, you know, everybody. I think True. there's a certain audience. There's, you know, there's definitely other people out there that are in our same situation. But we also recognize that there's a lot of people that are in different situations. And so, you know, it's just, it is what it is. It's a not good, bad, you know, either or. It's just different. But I, about decision fatigue, I think <laughs> part of that comes from we, we make so many decisions during the school year, every day, all day, which some people out there say there's research that says we make, you know, 1500 educational not like oh i need to eat oh i need to breathe but educational decisions every day as teachers i could not find the origin of that that claim but so just you know put, putting that out there 
but that has been kind of widely accepted as the approximate number of decisions that teachers make, similar to brain surgeons and air traffic controllers. Mm. Thinking about that, if that's true, if about that many decisions every day, all day as a teacher, and that kind of, I think, speaks to what we were talking about earlier with just the high intensity that we feel all year long, I think is part of all the decisions we have to make. We get decision fatigue which is where our ability to make decisions becomes more blurried um, and more kind of hazy and and we might not want to make any more decisions at some point, you know? We've even, you and I have talked about, can you just decide for me what yeah. we should do next? And we'll trade lessons and say, hey, yeah. look at this information I have and can you just decide for me? Like, I yeah. just cannot make a decision. When it comes to summer, you can't make one more freaking decision. <laughs> yeah, I think that it, it ties into the zombie phase too of just like, we've expended so much of our energy, like you said, in the year, and we don't realize it, that our brains almost in a way just kind of, we need to shut off. We need to rest. We need to refuel. It's almost like when we were talking about uh, adrenaline before this, coming down from something of an adrenaline rush, the way you described the roller coaster made me think of that. It's like when summer hits mentally and physically our bodies are almost like out of sync and they need to come down I've never really connected it in that way because it seems like oh I should be doing something like I need to go more why am I not going and then it's like I'm I'm having those battles of like nope I don't want to do it but then my brain is like no but you should be well I think that's a really good point I never thought about that way like my brain was still on go 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 work 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 yeah. that's why I literally got in the car that yeah, one day like, I I was do like, something I need to go. I feel like if I don't get out and go do something that I'm not being productive or I'm not like somehow doing what I should be doing. But then my body was literally like, well, where, where are you going? Like you, yeah, you don't I'm have any, you're not going to go meet me for coffee. Like, you know, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's actually part of the problem. A lot of my friends are, you know, not teachers. They're working all summer and it's nice to have teacher friends that are also off if they are off that can go, you know, you can go and meet up and have a coffee and do what I think we should talk about next, which is the reflection, that part of it, because coming down off of the year is so important to give yourself that rest and getting your mind and your body back on the same page, like you, like you mentioned, and kind of recovering. But I think a, an important piece of the summer that is so necessary for teachers and why we need this time in between years is because teachers, part of our practice is reflection. Same with artists, same with engineers. I mean, so many different fields. You do need to reflect. Yeah. And it's some, the design process. It, yeah, it's that wheel. Yeah, I think summer and our certain breaks are some times where we can really do some good reflection. And that is so important as a teacher because if we don't reflect, it's very difficult to analyze what's going on and improve our practice and change our practice and adapt to not only the times, but the students um, and new information that's coming out and also be able to then go into the year kind of refreshed with some new ideas. On that topic, I think that has contributed to my situation. And I think I've been wondering, and I'm so eager if we do have people who respond or reach out to hear what their situations are like because there's been so much change in my last couple of years also to my schedule and my students the way that my schedule works is I see all grade levels all at the same time and then my semesters I can have different kids so I feel like 
after I teach something and I'm, you know, going through the lesson, going through the unit, I can reflect and I'm adjusting as needed, but I don't really feel like I ever get a chance to really like fine tune that lesson or that unit because then the next semester I'm not repeating and I'm on a three-year rotating curriculum. So I've been frustrated and I think I felt an extra like urge when the summer happens of like, oh, I need to think about those things. I want to talk about it. You're my person that I usually talk to. We've been, you know, doing so much. So I feel like I've been missing that. And that reflection is so key, but it doesn't feel like it gets to happen at a regular pace. And I am always doing something new. So then it just kind of feels like it is this giant ball that's like rolling that I never get to like tackle. But then there's these bigger takeaways or the things that we really want to examine or doesn't feel like we really have time. There's just so much more that can be done. And because the ball just rolls so fast, it's like you're looking, but you're moving on to the next thing. And it's just feels like a whirlwind sometimes. Well, if you think about it in terms of, you know, Maslow and the hierarchy of needs, I think it's the same way as for education as it is for as it is for adults, in a way that we need to meet our basic needs before we can, you know, learn and before we can analyze and evaluate and do all of those higher order thinking skills. You have to Maslow before you can bloom, right? That has stuck in my head as a kind of a a way to remember that so meeting our own basic needs like getting enough rest getting enough to eat getting enough free time and quality time with our people um doing something for fun for us every once in a while or having some you know self-care time which oh my gosh that's a whole other episode isn't it if we don't get that or we're lacking that throughout the year then how are we supposed to get to that next level of evaluation, um, you know, reflection and changing, improving? I know for myself, I cannot get there if I am feeling uh, neglected of just my basic needs. And I think that's how I feel about my students. So I think adults and teachers are the same way as, I mean, I don't know any evidence to dispute that idea. I mean, if that's true for children, I don't know why it wouldn't be true for us. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's any different for adults at all. So for me, it makes sense that when we do have enough time to take a break, we can kind of recharge and then we can think about and analyze and reflect on what we've been doing in our practice. Even one week or two weeks at winter break is barely enough time to do that. You know, that flies by because you're getting caught up on everything. And then all of a sudden it's it's time to start again. So summer to me feels like the main time to do that. I know I have a teacher friend in Australia who's on a quarterly schedule and they teach for so long and then they have like two or three weeks in between and then they go back to school. That sounds like it would not be your ideal scenario. Like you like the longer break to have more of like the reflection time, decompress. I think I would actually like the in between time so that it feels like I get some recovery immediately and I can reflect and then I could shift and adjust more before the next term. Well, I I wouldn't say it's not my ideal. I just have never experienced that besides when I have taken classes. It's a lot when you don't have a big gap. If it were closer to three weeks, I could see that being really doable because For me, that first week after is, like I said, I'm in zombie mode. And then I would have time to do some fun things and maybe reflect and improve and all of that. 
Today's sponsor are stickers. Because why not? Stick some joy in your life. And kindergartners love them. Um, adults love them. I just bought some at a market that are anime themed and boba themed. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Also, I put on our one of our first posts that if you share um, one of our posts in your stories on Instagram, we will send you a sticker in your DMs, which Corby thought I meant an actual <laughs> sticker. And the joke was that I was going to send like an emoji sticker on Instagram. It wasn't a real sticker, Corby. <laughs> Yeah, She's like, wait, what are these stickers here that we're advertising <laughs> that we're gonna send? And I was like, it's a it's a joke for me. It's a the obsessive personality of me was and the high perfectionism was like, oh my gosh, wait, we have to produce stickers for our listeners. And then the second part of me was excited and was like, ooh, we're giving out stickers. I can't wait. Yeah, it's like I meant like a like an emoji. <laughs> because and then I got sad. Yeah. But it, but it is actually amazing what kids will do for a sticker. Yeah, I bribed. I shouldn't say bribed. bribed. But I was giving out stickers for meeting accomplishment goals. And when we were doing our value and shading unit towards the end of the school year, and I was like, okay, if you can accomplish this section in 10 minutes, you can pick a cool sticker. And I know that sounds like I was rushing them. However, they were highly motivated and they still produce quality work and they earned a cool sticker and it was awesome. And this is middle schoolers? Yeah. And they were cool stickers though. I mean, I got some handmade stickers from some artists in Seattle and they, we should plug them actually. They're really cool. You can order online. Um, they make donut cat and donut themed animals. Yeah. The one, the keychain that I sent you had a pack of them. And they would work for those, I'm going to meet this goal. I'm going to make these realistic trees. And I was like, bet. Why didn't we do this all year? Do you really say bet to your students, Corby? In my head, I do. Do you <laughs> really say that to them all? Have I ever said that out loud? No, but they say it. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so stickers. Back to that was our sponsor our, today. That's our sponsor. When I asked my aunt about her experience with Summers because she's nearing retirement, She's a English or an ELA middle school teacher in her time of her career. What were her summers like? She did say that it was always evolving. It was always changing. And she said that throughout the years, she is always reading to keep her mind like open for books that she would put in her classroom or use and things like that. So she doesn't really shut off her brain. When she had kids, you know, she would try to use the summers for spending more time with her kids. She has three. So she was very busy. Um, and then anytime she was changing something in her room or doing something for her curriculum, like she would spend more time for that. So she's one of the personality types that also too couldn't really shut off her teacher brain and was kind of always working on something, especially when you have to. But then she said as an English teacher, and she's doing a lot of uh, choice based reading. So she's just always reading and keeping up with things that would interest her ELA students. So it was hopeful hearing that there is an ebb and flow and it's not like every summer is going to be the same constant. It will just kind of keep going, which is nice. It just depends on what our year's like and what we're dealing with. You never know what the next summer is going to bring or what you can look forward to exactly. But when I talked to my dad, who was a high school history teacher for 30 something years, he, before my parents had myself and my siblings, he did do 
he taught summer school. He was on some curriculum teams, writing curriculum, things like that. Once they had kids, he was the, you know, parent at home with the kids. He did not work a summer that I remember in my childhood. He did not go into the school building. As soon as school was over, he was out of there. He took things home, a few things that he wanted to read during the summer. But other than that, he was in summer mode, dad mode all summer for two months. It was where are we going on vacation? What are we're going to the library? We're going to the pool. We're painting the house. You know, it was always something he kept busy, but it was nothing to do with school. I was going to guess that about your dad. That's where you get it from. You want that detachment and that release, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's kind of all of the above, isn't it? What is something you have enjoyed about your summer so far? I signed up for a figure drawing class and actually starts this Sunday. So I'm really excited. It's an open studio to get back into doing that. So that's one thing I've been looking forward to this summer. What's one thing that you have done for yourself or that you're doing, I guess, your summer ends in two weeks. So so something we did was go on a spontaneous trip to Colorado. It was like the day or two days before we were invited and my husband and I were kind of like, yeah, sure, why not? So we just, and that is a benefit for sure of, you know, having summer. And then I've just been doing some just small kind of just finding some joy in every day is what I've been focusing on. So something that I've enjoyed is like making coffee for myself every morning. And I'm going to try to do that when we get busy too, like during the school year. Yeah. So it extends into the year. Yeah. So hopefully it'll be something that I can look forward to every morning. That sounds really like I'm really sad, but I'm not. <laughs> it's just it's, no. it's hard. It's nice to break up the monotony and just like, I don't know, or making your routine something that you enjoy. Yeah. To wrap this up, I think even the little things, it's nice to have something to look forward to. And I think we put a lot of pressure on summer being a big deal. And we've talked a lot about having all this time and feeling that pressure. And it's okay to not take the trips or to do the little things and get the get a better handling on house chores or like a better routine with the kids or make that iced coffee, take a class. I think it's okay. Summer can be whatever you need it to be. Like there's no one way to do summer. Have the summer you need to have. Exactly. Shout out to the Therapy podcast with Kat Defada. That's her motto. Have the day you need to have. So have the teacher summer you need to have. Bye, not bye. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye, not bye.